Welcome to the latest podcast about the Greater Manchester Local Skills Improvement Plan from the team at Greater Manchester Chamber of Commerce. I'm Jo and I'm part of that team helping to develop that plan. Now, if you're new to these podcasts, the Local skill, Skills Improvement Plan, in a nutshell, aims to articulate the skill shortages faced by businesses in Greater Manchester. Then we put recommendations in place to work with skills providers um, to ensure that the right courses and training are available to bridge those skills gaps. Now, to talk a bit more about the Local Skills Improvement Plan, or LSIP as we like to call it, um, and how some of the skills shortages are already being addressed, I'm joined by Chris Fletcher, who is the Chamber's Policy Director and also the Chamber's uh, Contract Director for the LSIP. And I'm also joined by Richard Caulfield, who is Senior Policy Manager at the Greater Manchester Colleges Group. And he's going to talk to us a bit about something called the Local Skills Improvement Fund. So firstly, Chris, can you start by giving us a bit of an update on where we are with the LSIP, please? Yeah, I can, uh, Joe. And um, we got uh, approval um, in August this year for the LSIP, just to uh, put the timeline in, 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 into a brief sort of perspective. We've been working on the LSIP now for probably around 13, 14 months. We've got the go-ahead from, uh, from DFE. We put the plan together. We submitted that uh, at the end of May this year, uh, 2023. Uh, that went through to Gillian Keegan, the Secretary of State, and she approved it uh, at the end of July. And we went live with it uh, in August. And at the same time, uh, we also put in plans uh, for stage two uh, of the LSIP. And that also got approved uh, in August in, in 2023. And that stage two bit is is the bit that we're actually in now and we'll be working on through to the end of the LSIP uh, in uh, in 2025. Um, so we've got uh, approval, which was good. Um, and again, um, basically what stage two is about is primarily around, in the words of the DFE guidance, embedding the LSIP in the local skill system. So as you've just outlined in your introduction, you know what those priorities are that we've identified from businesses and we've done a sector breakdown, we've done local area breakdown, what those priorities are. Now we've got to make sure that those priorities are addressed and, and work is done uh, to take account of that. And there's also a lot of work going on at present in Greater Manchester around that sort of wider skill structure as well, because things are changing the, uh, on the back of the devolution deal. And so we can make sure that the LSIP is a fundamental part of that, obviously working uh, with with providers, but also as well carrying on getting that information in intelligence and businesses as well. We're not just going to use the LSIP, you know, as it was in May uh, this year and just say, right, that's it, it's never going to change. We've got to make sure that that is continued to be updated. Uh, you probably won't see a lot of changes in some of those priorities. But we've got to make sure that, you know, where we can see some changes, where there are a few things we need to start to do differently, uh, then we're aware of that. And also as well is as we start to uh, see things happen to actually address those changes, what difference is that activity actually making as well? Is it addressing uh, those skills priorities? So still a lot of work to do uh, on that. Uh, and also we've begun to see uh, some uh, other things come into play as well, which should make that an awful lot easier. So a lot's happening then between now and uh, 2025. Um, Richard, 
can you tell us a bit more about the Local Skills Improvement Fund, please? What is it and, and how does it tie into the Local Skills Improvement Plan? So after government announced they were going to do Local Skills Improvement Plans and um, we got that work underway, they, they made a fund available called the Local Skills Improvement Fund or LSIP in my world. So Chris lives in a world of LSIP, I live in a world of LSIP. Now this was a follow-up to some previous funding that the um, government had given um, and on the what was known as SDF, it's a world of acronyms we live in, the um, Skills Development Fund. So we were asked to put together a plan that showed how the providers could respond to um, the LSIP and, and start to deliver on the priorities in there. So clearly we've been working closely with the Chamber of Commerce and with other partners in Greater Manchester to understand what was coming through and get our plans together. Chris said they were confirmed. They had the conf confirmation in um, August did they say, I think, about the LSIP. We had July and August to develop our response to um, the LSIP. So we were working against a draft for a time. We were trying to collaborate across a range of, the, well, not just the colleges, but the sick form colleges and the um, learner provider network and um, learning provider network and a few other partner organisations during August, which was never easy to develop a strategy to respond to that. And the government allocated a set sum to um, different areas across the country. And in Greater Manchester, we're very fortunate. They, they gave about just short of £8.5 million over, well, they would say over two years, of course, the year one, um, they finally approved our response to LSIP in November. So that gives us November to March to spend half of that 8.5 million and then we get up until 2025 to spend the other half. Um, I'll go into some of the intricacies of that shortly but but that was the plan so we respond to them priorities. Now when you look at the LSIP there are an awful lot of priorities and there is so much we could do. We can't do everything and we can't do everything all at once but we looked at what we thought were the key things and discussed again with partners, the combined authority, Chris and his team, where we thought we should focus. So we ended up with a, we've got cross-cutting themes of digitalization. It's a big issue about digital skills running right through the LSIP and digital skills at all levels. So we're not just talking about how we've got these people who can do the coding, the AI, um, the cybersecurity. We're also saying how people got some of them basic digital skills they need for the workplace today. Um, and so so there was that aspect that runs throughout all the projects um, and also, of course, the sort of net zero agenda, trying to make sure that what we're doing is linking to the opportunities by thrown by green growth, by opportunities in the, um, the sort of net zero world, if you like. So we're, we're working across construction and that's a real focus on retrofit there. We're working across the health system and looking particularly at digital skills in health right this second as well as sort of uh, how we can introduce some new technologies that support greater learning for people who are already in the health workforce or trying to get into the health workforce. Um, engineering and manufacturing a real focus there looking at things like electric cars, work on electric cars, looking at hydrogen, also lean manufacturing processes so quite a broad spectrum within that world. We have a, a specific digital project and that looks again trying to take some of them basic digital skills and working with partners like Microsoft and um, and Cisco 
um, around the cybersecurity world, but also looking at some of the higher qualifications. And then we tie that all together really with a, a focus on the FE workforce, because just like uh, you know, the report that the Chamber produced just shows challenges in workforce across lots of sectors. We've got our own challenge in further education. And if we don't have the teachers to teach the skills of the future, then actually all bets are off. So we're looking at what we can do around workforce, um, how we can collaborate across the provider base to upskill our workforce, doing that together collaboratively um, and, and using new technologies. Now, the bit, the, th the thing I missed in that is that most of that 8.4 million, 8.5 million that we got is capital funding. So actually it goes to buy new kits. So we had to be inventive with that. And what we're doing is we're investing in a, a, a few that there's investments around the electric cars and the hydrogen work and the manufacturing processes. But the main investments have been in, if you like, in the, the world of what we might term as the metaverse, creating um, virtual learning environments and the opportunities they might bring to upskill people, to be able to give people experiences they'd not got before, um, to be able to teach people skills in an environment that's safe. Um, and, and upskill people in that way. And also, you know, that's having other benefits as people are now starting to get excited about how we might show people workplaces they'd never considered as opportunities before that they might look at and explore through the metaverse. Also, we're looking at, um, you know, and in health, we're going to probably have one of the biggest investments in an area in something called anatomage tables, which allow people to really explore sort of um, the, the human body in many respects you can you can look at the they're like huge ipads where you sort of start to um I, I think it looks like for those of us who are of a certain age it looks like a, a really grown-up version of the game operation that we used to play um you know where you can take apart a human body and look at it and and start to understand the workings of it and we think that will be helpful with our 16 to 18 learners but also adult learners and existing people in the health workforce to upskill them it'll help us do things in a certain way so those technologies are coming in and we're looking at how we can maximize the use of them technologies having them to hand how we can use that virtual environment in construction how you can teach people to work at height safely using these new environments before you start to go out and do that work how you can show people how to fix electric cars and do some of the work that's incredibly dangerous before we go out into doing it in a full practical way so we're looking at all sorts of opportunities that brings um, but all them things require staff to be upskilled in how to use these technologies otherwise we just have beautiful technology that sits there and everybody looks at and says isn't that clever so the next few months are really about how we develop our staff so they can use that technology effectively and it can have the impact we want it to have in the longer term. Mm, interesting. So how does that work across Greater Manchester in terms of the different colleges? So, I mean, so for, for the colleges, that means that we are. All colleges will have. Um, got the opportunity to bid for capital in the areas that they felt met their local need that bit more, although the um, virtual environment one is one that we will see across all colleges. You'll be able to access that in all colleges and then some have focused a little more on health where that's a challenge in their areas. Some have focused on 
engineering and manufacturing. So we will see a slightly different flavour in different places. And we've also had investments in the likes of not just the GM colleges, but ADA um, are investing in the, some of the Cisco work and getting involved and um, Bolton Sick Form are looking at some of their digital work. We've got, got a number of partners who are receiving that funding. But we're working through four college leads and they will be managed. They're managing really clear project plans that are about how we deliver the capital aspects, how we make sure people get that in. And then that workforce program is really tying together the how we develop the staff. So we've got a, a sort of a, a central approach to that staff support and really developing a central hub. And then um, in previous projects that we've done in Greater Manchester, we have done things like one college, colleges will go off and create short courses or resources and then deliver them in their area. In this project, everything we create will be shared across the Greater Manchester um, college family. So, you know, Oldham, for instance, are leading on construction. They'll be creating lots of new materials around retrofit, short courses on retrofit. Then them courses, then materials and resources will be available across all our colleges and they'll be able to go out and offer that so that we make it a genuine GM offer, not making GM just a, an adding up of 10 individuals. And again, it's that challenge constantly. And Chris and I in our roles fight this all the time of, you know, subsidiarity, what's best done at the local level by local and when do we bring things up to a GM level to make it across GM and when it benefits across GM. And we work with that all the time. So this will not be something that is exactly the same in 10 colleges across the area, but there will be a common threads across them 10. They will all have access to them, but people will put the Oldham flavour on, the Stockport flavour on to make sure that we're responding to that really local need, as well as providing something for Greater Manchester. Okay, so that sounds great and it sounds great for learners. Um, when would they be able to take advantage of some of these things? And then when do businesses see the benefits of them? Yeah, that, that, that's a really, really good question. You know, um, it, these projects are fascinating because you sort of spend a couple of months writing them and, and then it all of a sudden becomes real. And then you're investing in the equipment. And at the moment, you know, supplies of equipment take time to come through, you know. And as I said, this is 18 months, well, best part of 18 months of buying equipment and the like. So some colleges have some of the equipment already and are starting to develop activity. But in reality, I think, let's be honest, I think that the, we won't start really having a big sort of rollout of activity with the, um, virtual environment activity probably till next academic year because we're training people now to be able to really take advantage and for many the equipment is in the next financial year um, but some of the you know other activity I was talking with working with the likes and, and we have spin-offs from ELSIF that create relationships with others so we're working with the provider Daikin who are training over 50 of our staff over the next two months to be able to deliver some of the retrofit training around air, air source pump heat pumps that you know so we will be upskilled and all of a sudden the colleges will have access and the ability to deliver that so hopefully for instance that will be one thing that you know early 
sort of well, the middle of next year, we should see more opportunities for short courses, for embedding air source heat pumps in courses because we've done that CPD with staff, we've got the resource and that will start to be rolled out. So some of that will be quite quick. What's really interesting is that even DFE have sort of said they're not going to do an immediate valuation of this project. And that is partly because some of the benefits of this are not going to be very quick. We are not going to see, we wouldn't, are not going to see mass benefits of this project by even April 25. The benefits will be down the road. These are, you know, that feels a long time, but actually to put the work in, to develop the people, to raise awareness of the skills that are needed and to create the opportunities, that all takes time. So, you know, it will be hard to go, it's hard to go, you know, from next June, you will see as a result of this project, but there will be bits that will be happening in all areas and it will be incremental and we'll start to see the impact. But, you know, this is just one project amongst a whole lot of work that everybody is doing day in, day out with their employers locally, you know, you know to work together to respond to needs. So again, actually even separating what's been driven by the LSIP and LSIF and what is driven by the mayor's drive for an integrated technical education system between you know employers working locally with colleges will be difficult to disaggregate we're all trying to push in the same direction and by improving and i think we have massively improved it would be my view be interesting chris's but i think we've massively improved the dialogue at a gm level between partners and if we keep that dialogue going and we're sitting in the same rooms more often we can tie the different pieces of work together so that there's a narrative that makes sense in Greater Manchester rather than having lots of different bits going on. And, and it's that tying it together that I think we can do at a GM level much better. Hmm. So it sounds like lots of priorities are already being actioned on and uh, there'll be some really good stuff to look forward to in the future there. Um, Chris, what does the next stage of the Local Skills Improvement Plan look like? I think Richard's just sort of outlined a, a, a big chunk of it, really, to be quite honest, uh, around the LSIP. Um, and it's interesting what he said there, I think, and I totally agree with his comment around the dialogue uh, and the ability to work better together and the collaboration of one thing or another. I think the understanding now of, of the realities of some of this, both from the point of view of the you know, like what, what actually needs doing and the speed of reaction to it as well. And this is something we've talked about as well from an LSIP perspective is that you know if you're talking about improvements to productivity in GVA well that's not a short-term thing you can measure but you've also you, you what you've got to do is not say oh we'll come back in five years and look at that you've got to keep on you know it's it's a, it's a slow burn this in in many respects and you can't just change things overnight what we can't afford to do is sometimes and we see this happen from central government quite a bit things don't seem to be working so let's change it we've got to have this completely interference free we know what we're doing we've got the plans we've got the data we've got the evidence we've got the people that can deliver this locally in greater manchester let's give it some time and let's make sure it can work because so i think we're all confident this will work we just need to make sure we don't you know get people let's just try this now and one thing and another and it's it's a it's a longer term uh, piece of work 
Um, but for the next stage of the the, the LSIP, I guess really, like I said, the, the big bit is around, you know, embed it in the local skill system. And, and Richard just mentioned there the, the MERS uh, aspirations about a new integrated technical education system, which uh, we could probably do about three more podcasts on that issue. Uh, but basically, it's a, it's a rewrite and a restructure of, of how technical education and other elements of the education system will be delivered in Greater Manchester, you know, responding to the new devolution deal, responding to uh, more local control over funding and decision making. So that's going in the right direction. But again, that's going to take time uh, to, 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 to sort of bed in and, and, and get the results. So we've got to make sure that everything we talked about so far is included in that and is being delivered and there's no duplication and again it's, it's as effective as, as it possibly can be the other bit we've we've got to do is um as well from an LSIP perspective part of it is to make sure that we can get employees and they understand the skill system and they can navigate it it's no use for example i mean these fantastic things happening in local colleges if you know businesses aren't aware that they're there and it's actually taking place so we've got to get that that message out to businesses that things are happening on the ground you know but also as well at the same time make sure we're still in that conversation with them you know doing the survey work doing the interviews with employers and making sure that we, we've got a real finger on the pulse when it comes to knowing what those priorities are uh, and then just going back to a lot we've just been talking about how how do we actually begin to see some of those results uh how do we know for example when businesses are saying well we need this is the qualification that actually somebody already isn't doing that somewhere uh, within greater manchester that we can point them to that there will be things that employers want that currently aren't being delivered anywhere and we've got to look at how we can make that happen but i'm sure there's an awful lot that at the present moment in time is being delivered and employees just don't know how to access them and so we've really got to start to work a little bit better uh, alongside that um and whether are those gaps you know what provision is is is, is being you know put in place to to do that but how do we know that that is successful how do we know that that's the right thing to do so we've got to monitor start to monitor some of this as well which like i said it's, it's not a short-term hit this that's going to take some time um but you know we haven't finished with the lsip we've just got one version of it and we're going to keep updating that as we go through uh, and making sure that we are also working and carrying on that that spirit of collaboration uh, with you know the key partners and organizations that we've worked so well with so far in this and that we will need to carry on doing that in in the future as well um you know we've we've built up a good momentum around all this uh and we've got to make sure that we can you know see it through to the end yeah absolutely um richard finally is there anything else that the greater manchester colleges group is working on at the moment so yeah so we are one of the other projects that we're currently delivering, we're delivering with um, four universities, which is the Centre for Digital Innovation, which we're just a small part of. And that's part of the government's investment in Greater Manchester in the innovation um, programme, which which we've seen, I think, um, about £30 million worth of investment. But we've just got a small chunk of that, which is trying to take out innovation around AI, innovation around, again, that metaverse and 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 wider um, sort of digital opportunities, and we're we're taking roadshows around um, Greater Manchester. We had the first one in Oldham in December. There'll be 
um, at least nine more in the other areas between February and December next year. There may be more than that. And we've also got we're, we're waiting to be able to whether we see whether we've we've got um, funding for um, the Further Education Innovation Fund, which we're really excited about the prospect. If we've got that, there'll be an announcement early in the new year um, around that, which will, you know, if we get that, I think that will be a really exciting addition to sort of the work that we're doing on the LSIF, which will allow us to look at how we take opportunities for innovation out there to some of these businesses. So Chris was saying there about, you know, them saying what skills are need, but what about what technology might drive their business further? What other skills might help them grow their business? And if we can do that alongside the responding to the immediate need, the also the what's that future need and how do we future-proof our workforce? How do we use that to grow? And we can mesh the two and we can create that offer as a coherent offer, help employers navigate that in, you know, what I'd like to think of as an employer-informed system where employers understand and, and inform what's going on and then know how to engage with it, then I think then we could be in for some really exciting times. But hopefully, and you know, if we get that or when we're able to confirm that, it'd be great to come back and talk to you more on here about uh, that work, because I think, you know, that could be a, a unique offering in Greater Manchester and really um, sort, of, uh, sort of put a fire under the work that we're doing and take that partnership work further. But, you know, all along what we will constantly do. And one of the things we've done through ELSIF, you know, the governance and the oversight of ELSIF, we've brought in the learner pro learning provider network, we've brought in the Chamber of Commerce, we've brought in the combined authority, we've brought in Innovate GM, so that we're all sat together looking at about that, that we're not just as GM colleges looking at that project on our own in isolation. We're trying to do it as part of a system, as part of something that really is coherent so that we're working together all the time on this and I hope that comes through that this is a collaboration. Collaborations are never easy, there's always bumps in the road but I think we've we've, we've got the relationships to overcome them and, and, and deal with this uh, sort of really well across Greater Manchester. Absolutely and we'll we'll look forward to speaking to you about some more of that um, hopefully in the new year. Um, just one last word from you Chris, is there anything else that businesses can get involved with that the Chamber is working on next year? Oh a lot, um, obviously you know the, the LSIP is, is still carrying on like I said you know we've not we've not finished it we've not just parked that up at one side so you know look out for surveys for opportunities to take part uh, in, in interviews if you want to find out any more information to put yourself forward you know the email address is gmlsip lsip at gmchamber.co.uk uh, pop on the website gmlsip.co.uk have a look at the the plan itself and the reports the local area reports as well uh, so plenty of opportunities there for businesses to get involved in the LSIP bit but also we can help you you know guide employees as well in into you know uh, local colleges to local provision so that, that bit of it there the colleges do a fantastic job already uh, of you know linking up the employer boards and, and and a range of other things as well and the local authorities are in included in that as well so in each local area in greater manchester there's a huge amount of stuff already going on but we want to make sure that you know more employers are aware of that and it's not about you're going to get sort of you know press ganged into sitting on a board every month or anything like that but you just got to be aware that these things are taking place and they're there to benefit business uh, and i think that message has, has 
is going to come out. So, yeah, if anybody's got any questions, queries, or anything about Tolbrate like that, uh, just please get in touch. The other thing we're, we're developing um, is our campaign for business 2024. Uh, we know there's going to be a mayoral election in May in, in Greater Manchester. We think um, probably more than likely going to be a general election uh, in 2024 when that will be is anyone's guess and we've just started work uh, now on putting together the key asks uh, that we're going to represent in two people involved in both those elections uh, from businesses in Greater Manchester and obviously the skills uh, bit of that is is hugely important as well so uh, please look out for uh, opportunities to get involved uh, in that as well but anything struggling with skills struggling with recruitment when asked questions or whatever it is, you know, we've got people we can we can put you in touch with. Uh, and like I said, it's it's a great example there. I guess really of that sort of collaboration and that understanding really of who does what uh, within Greater Manchester. I can only really see that getting so much better uh, as we progress through this. Uh, things have changed, uh, changed for the better. And uh, like I said, I just think we're on the 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 cusp of something really, really good in Greater Manchester. And I must say, it's not just about, oh, we're better than anywhere else in the country. This sort of stuff is only happening in Greater Manchester because we've got those devolved powers, because we've got, you know, the, the, the mural bit in this and we can take those decisions locally and make it actually work. So it's not just some theoretical exercise. This is practical stuff here and now that we can help your business make sure that you've got access to the skilled workforce both now and also in the future as well. And there's a great team of people, great team of organisations all pulling in the same direction as well. So I think the future is looking pretty good uh, when it comes to skills in Greater Manchester. Absolutely. Right. Well, on that note, thank you, Chris, and thank you, Richard, for joining me today to discuss the local skills improvement plan the fund and so much more um, we will put the links and further information for those things in the description of this podcast along with our contact details as well if anyone would like any further information do please get in touch with us but for now thank you again and thank you very much for listening and we'll be back with another podcast soon thank you thanks <laughs>